Impact, income, and influence. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence podcast, the podcast that is helping you reach millions, millions in your bank account, millions of followers, millions of people. We are here to make sure that you are successful. And today I am joined by Candace Smiley. It's the best name in the world, but not only does she smile all the time? She's also been an entrepreneur for 14 years. She is on a mission to help people realize that sometimes you can get shut down. You can be abused. You can have trouble with boundaries and you need to stand up for yourself a little bit. She has her own podcast. It is called Create the Ripple. We're going to link that down below. You should definitely check it out. We were chatting before the show. You're going to love her just as much as I do. Candice, how are you doing today? I am awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks. So, I mean, really what you're excited about, I just want to say, we were talking beforehand, you want to pack up and go to the mountains. You I have do. built a lifestyle <laughs> for yourself with your yeah, kids where yeah, you're yeah. like, we're just going to throw it all in the car and go. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, right. I live in a tiny house. So, you know, packing is usually relatively simple because, you know, we only have things we love nearby. So, you know, we're like, how much stuff do we actually need? Not much. It all goes fits in the car. Let's go. Nice. And you're going to the mountains, which I also love. Anyone who has listened to this show for any amount of time knows that I love the mountains. I lived in Colorado for a long time. Um, so are you skiing? Are you snowboarding? Are you just going to hang we out? Will be skiing? Yes. My partner is an avid skier. We've got a four month old. I've been telling him it's a little too early to put the little guy on skis, but you know, he's, he can't wait. Yeah. We met backcountry camping, um, you know, when the world shut down in 2020 and we've just been, yeah, if there's a weekend to get away, it's one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur is to being able to say, you know what, we're going to go. <laughs> well, Okay. So I want to dive into this. I want to know where things started because most people, if they're entrepreneurs, especially like if they haven't mastered it or figured it out, or even if they have maybe money wise and people wise, they haven't figured out how to shut off because I mean, I know myself, like I'm go, go, go all the time. So talk to us a little bit about where your journey started and how you got to where you are today. Cause it's a pretty big journey. It is. Yeah. And of course, people can go follow. I, I try to do a good job of sharing the timeline because there were certainly moments in the timeline that had a huge impact on where I am. Um, I started off, my parents were farmers. So to be honest, the entrepreneurial idea was there from the time I was little. Uh, my dad also drove a school bus, right? So they were always looking for ways to make money, but it was also very service-based, right? They were always about giving back to the community. Fast forward, and I'm working my way through nursing school and discover it's not quite for me. And so I got a good government job and very quickly realized that that had some golden handcuffs to it. And I just really wasn't meant to function inside the box, which is what I felt like when I was living in my cubicle. <laughs> it's like, there's a box and I am boxed in. I didn't like it at all. And then I met a real estate agent and I was amazed at how much money was possible through working a network. And it just sort of tipped me off to, I want to know what you know and how to get there. And so I actually took a really successful woman out for coffee and I said, how do you do what you do? And I think she's a little bit younger than I am now. And she said to me, find a great network, build your network and your net worth will take care of itself. And I think I knew like eight people at that point, right? That maybe I could possibly do business with. And so that really inspired me to go on a mission. So I actually started as an event planner 
And like most entrepreneurs, I made a website. I made really pretty business cards. I spent way too much money on, you know, making it all look perfect. And I still didn't have a network, but it was at that point I dived into meeting people. So networking events, like if there was a place where people were gathering, I was going to go. Now this was a challenge for me. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You're, you're doing fine. I just want to know, are you, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am. <laughs> I am totally an introvert. <laughs> yeah. But you figured out the networking piece. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So that was really challenging for me because I didn't really know how to talk to people. I was horribly shy. And so I realized I had to get social relatively quickly, but thankfully my mom gave me some really great advice. And she said, whatever you do, you do it for one year and you throw yourself into it and you learn as much as you can and you treat it like it's your job and you, you do this. And so because of that, I know I was successful because I just threw myself into it. And I was like, how do I talk to people? So, okay, <laughs> let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Like how, <laughs> cause I know I'm an extrovert. Like it comes natural to me. I can sure. walk up to anybody and just say something. If you're wondering what I do, I just give people a compliment. If you tell somebody that great. they look good, <laughs> I mean, even guys are like, yeah. well, you can't tell a girl that because she's blah, blah, blah. Just tell them you like your shoes or whatever. Yeah. Like you, anything gets you started. What do you do? And what did you do to like, I, I know so many introverts that would just be like, I can't throw myself into it for a week, then alone a year. Like what, what was like the first piece? Was it like go order coffee at a coffee shop because you were super shy or was it like strike up a conversation with somebody at a coffee shop or was it go to a networking group? What were some steps that you did? I went to a couple of networking groups and I, it wasn't a fit. So I'm not even going to pretend that I got it right. The first few times it was awkward. People said, you know, please don't come back. You're not a great fit. You need to learn how to do this. There was a lot of rejection in the Hang beginning. On. Hang on. Canadians don't reject anybody. Yes, we do. We do it very gently and very kindly. <laughs> Thank you for coming. We're sorry. Please don't come back again. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Really, okay. really. It was bad. Anyway, I, so I persisted until. <laughs> and I happened to find some women groups where I realized that there were people that were more shy than me. And I think it's because, you know, I had great parents who raised me well. So my dad, I've been bugging him. I said, dad, I don't know what algebra, you know, why that was important for me to learn, but the whole public speaking thing that's come into hand, like play a lot. So I think I found myself in a Toastmasters group and they took pity on me. And, you know, one group leads to another and one lead group leads to another, you know, and a year down the road, I had a couple of networking groups where I felt safe enough to be myself. I still stood at the back of the room, <laughs> you know, and it was really uncomfortable. I take a friend, I take my most extroverted friend and I'd be like, you're coming with me <laughs> and you're going to start all of these you know, conversations for me. I did that a lot, to be honest. I found the most you know, charismatic person in the room. And I, you know, put my toe into that conversation. I was like, I'm here <laughs> just to watch. Okay. So I like, I just got back from a mastermind event with Russell Brunson and Russell told us that when he got started the exact same thing, he found, he had three super extroverted friends and he was like, I took one with me, not just in networking groups. He would go to masterminds that costs I mean, he was going, he told the story, he went to um, a Dan Kennedy event and a Joe Polish event. Those events are both like 10,000, 8,000, like they're expensive. And he took somebody with him that was extroverted 
paid for them to go just mm-hmm. to start the conversation. Cause he was like, they knew their role. I made sure they knew it. And he was like, I would just tell them like, go find cool people for us to have dinner with. Like you go start the conversation and I'll come find you and I'll just stand like next to you. And then like, I'll get added in. And he was like, but slowly over time, to your point, he started to get comfortable enough that he could, he could kind of like break the ice at least. So do you, would you consider yourself a good networker now? I do. I do. I I'm, I'm known for my network <laughs> Good, because I think, I think the, you know, the introverted part of being cautious and careful and those sorts of things has, has led people to be more trusting, right? Because they're like, this is outside of your comfort zone and I do connect one-on-one. So if I go to a networking event and I meet one really good person and we hit it off, I'm comfortable spending most of the, you know, the evening talking to that one person, building the relationship, even if I don't know how we might work together, I've just never worried about the dollar sign above somebody's head because inevitably somebody will call and say, Hey, do you remember that person we met that? And I just really trusted that process all the way through. Well, that is, I mean, I don't know exactly where this podcast is going to go. I know we have (laughs) a a long way to go in your timeline yet, but the, I will say that that what you just shared, if you don't take anything else away from this podcast, when you network with people, it is not about what they can do for you. If you lean into them and you make one good connection for them or two good connections, conversation goes something like, Hey, Candace, this is great. I know a little bit about your business now. Can you tell me like, do you, are you looking for somebody to help edit your podcast? Are you looking for somebody to help with copywriting? Is there anyone I can connect you with? Cause I know a couple of people, they will say, almost inevitably, I need XXX, anything you can do. Cool. You make a little note. I always make, I just use Evernote because it copies across everything, but whatever you can write it on your hand. It doesn't matter. Go home and follow up with an email. If you truly help somebody, they will help you back because then not only are you a good person, but they feel like they want to. Yeah. (laughs) If you do that twice a week, by the end of the year, you will have contact with at least a hundred people. So absolutely. Can I leave people with a book that was huge for me? Yeah. Okay. I love the go-givers. This was one of the books that was referred to me very early on um, by, I went to a networking group. So I was looking, I was hungry, which I think you guys, you know, picked up. I'm taking my extrovert friend with me. Um, I went to a networking, like a course just here locally. And the woman recommended this book by Bob Berg. He has a mm-hmm. co-author too, but it's amazing. And it talks about when you go networking, because up until that point, I got networking, you know, seeing dollar signs. And after this, they said, what if you went to the networking event with the intention to find referrals for four other people? And I was like, well, that's easy because then I would go and I'd be listening, not for me, but listening for other people. And I would tell people, well, I need to tell me about your business. And I use it as an opener because I needed that. And people would be like, wow, well, I'm looking for these four people. So if you find one of those in the room, you come back and tell me. And so all of a sudden I'd become a little networker in the networking room (laughs) and it was so much easier. And then people would say, wait, what do you do? How can I help you? And all of a sudden it went from boring, stale coffee to this could be a really interesting hour and a half. And I would, you know, get through, (laughs) get through it. (laughs) So the, I mean, what she is laying out right there, if you, honestly, if you take nothing else from this, how many, like, have you been on a networking group during COVID? The dreaded Zoom rooms? I love it. Are you kidding? You love it. <laughs> I love great it. for an introvert. <laughs> but let's just think about this for a second. Like, 
if you're listening to this podcast and you've been on a zoom room, how many people you get in your little room of four or six Mm -hmm. and the person gets their 30 seconds and they take five minutes talking Mm -hmm. all about themselves and you have no idea what they said or what they do. And you're just like, Oh, well, I'm holding up a mirror right now because you're probably doing that too. If instead you lead with, I'm just here to hang out and meet people. Candace, how can I help you? Like, I know you're a realtor, Jay, I know you work in whatever you're a plumber. How, what do you guys, what are you guys here to get? And you lead with stuff like that, like exactly like what you're talking about, or you just give whatever you do into two sentences, but say, I'm really just here to help other people. What do you need? What do you need? Before you know it, you will, your inbox will be blowing up. It blows up. Yeah, it really does. So, okay, let's, we can, we could spend all day. The go-giver is great. The other one that I really like is never eat lunch alone. Um, I don't know if you've read that one, but it's, it's similar. It's not as good. The go-giver is definitely all about what we're talking about right here. So, okay. You went from farming to, was your mom a farmer, stay-at-home mom? She was a nurse and she uh, educated both my brother and I at home. So for an introvert, that was great because I could really double down on my school. It didn't necessarily help me be super social. So it took me a long time to be comfortable with my peers. However, I could talk to people from all ages, which as an entrepreneur was definitely an asset. Nice. Okay. So what happened next? Like you started getting good at networking, started networking. You didn't want to be a realtor, but you did understand the power of networks. Did you keep going with the event planner? I did. So I, I looked at what I was, um, you know, good at, where do people often, you know, put it. And based on the fact that I grew up in a small town community, we got together. That's what you do, right? You get together and you celebrated things. And so I was like, well, I'll be an event planner. And so I did a weekend course and, you know, got certified, uh, you know, air quote certified off I go. And then I started doing weddings because that's what I was suggested to do. And I hated weddings because they were so like, they were really hard to get a referral from. So I was constantly looking for, yeah. I mean, brides are hard to please. (laughs) And I was like, this is dumb. And then I was like, so where can I do events? Honestly, where can I do events where I'm getting more of a referral? Like where's an evergreen thing? And someone said, well, do business mixers, do stuff. So I leaned back into the real estate world where I knew. And I said, who's doing an open house? Can I do your open house for you? You know, I'll make sure the cookies are there and organize things. And, you know, I, I hustled pretty hard in the beginning, to be honest, but um, that led to open houses for insurance people. And I discovered that this introverted person, right. Who highly watches people at events was really great for like concierge events where there were big money being exchanged and the event needed to be calm and organized. And I was like, Oh, so I, that's kind of where I wandered, but it was always about networking. It was always about bringing people together. So is that, is that still your business? Like, is that what you're okay? How, (laughs) what do you do now? How, how do we get to I, I do various things. The, the, honestly, <laughs> the internet's amazing. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So if there's a really great idea, I'm like, ooh, let me see. Um, right now, though, to be honest with you, it's all about connection, collaboration, communication. So do I still do events? Yes. When they line up with my mission and my passion. You know, the podcast feels like an event, right? I'm bringing people together. We're sharing great ideas. The platform is just international. Um, but from events, I realized I could put on an amazing event, but if it wasn't marketed well, nobody showed up. 
And so then I started doing marketing for event planners. And then eventually I owned my own multimedia company. And that was fun, except then I got sort of looped all the way around. And then I could bring amazing people to people and they didn't know how to close. And so then I was doing sales. Anyway, you can kind of see how it goes. I've just been sort of wandering my way through and enjoying always working for myself so I can live my life. I don't really want to wait till I'm retired to live, you know, (laughs) mountains are calling. (laughs) Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Mountains, mountains are calling the, okay, so the, let's go back to the networking piece, because I think that really is, that's the core strength of what we're talking about. If you, so the reason, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want that lifestyle, I want to be able to go to the mountains, I want to be able to run 50 different businesses or do whatever I want. The reason that Candace is able to do that is because she has a network. If she has a business idea, or let's say she knows somebody who is doing X, Y, Z, like let's pick an entrepreneur thing, a health coach. And then she meets somebody who says, you know, I really need to lose 30 pounds in the next six months because yes. well, not six months, let's, let's say six days. Cause that's the normal timeline for weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to the beach next week. Can I lose 30 pounds? I lose some weight now. Yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah. I got that. But you know who to put together and referrals, personal referrals. If like last yep. year in my business, I do JVs. They're a little different from what you're talking about, but it's putting the right people together. One third of my total income last year, which was yes. more than six figures, came from JVs. And that, that is putting happy. the right people together. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. So, okay, let's talk about, we talked about like a good way to meet somebody. How do you keep people organized? How do you know? How do you know? Uh, Well, I think for me, my mom was a list maker. And so naturally that's sort of always come to me. Um, Since then, I actually know other entrepreneurs because I'm a big picture thinker. I'm not your details person. (laughs) I know this about myself. So, you know, I have a great VA and I have people in my world that I'll literally call and say, I need you to organize my inbox. I need you to put these lists together. I tell them exactly what they need to look like. And they put them together because honestly, one of the biggest joys of my life is being able to support other entrepreneurs who love doing what they're doing. And so I have those people that I actually work with. So I love that you brought that up, right? There is a reason why I can do multiple businesses. I'm not doing them, any of them by myself. <laughs> I'll call people and say, I want to do this. I need your skill. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. So actually that's a huge one too. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, I'll be vulnerable with this. Like I have a hard time hiring people because mm-hmm. I'm not, I like, I can juggle legitimately like 10 projects at once. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest problems I've had with hiring people is I expected in the beginning for them to be able to do it too. So I'd just be like, here, catch this ball and catch this ball. And they would quit or they mm-hmm. would, what? well, they wouldn't quit. What would happen is they would stop 
emailing or returning my texts and they'd be like, I'm really busy. And I'd be like, here, catch this ball. What do you mean you're busy? Like, keep going. Come on. We're running together. And then it would turn into, I don't think I'm a good fit. And then I would Mm -hmm. say, okay, I, I overloaded them again, not realizing the, how do you, how do you find the right people and how do you know what lists to give them? Because one of my biggest challenges when I, I now have three people that work for me and we're pretty dialed in. But one of the biggest challenges I had in the beginning was how do you like even know what to tell? You said, I know what to tell them to look for in my email box. Let's say, how do you know exactly what to put together and how do you lay it out in a clear, like, here, go do this without crazy so i go back to old-fashioned i grab a piece of paper and a pencil and i mind map right if this then that if this then that and it looks messy but for me it lights me up because i pull all the ideas out of my head and then from there i can figure out which things i need to control because they're the profit producing activities or they're you know the reason i'm starting it off because it lights me up and then everything else i have to figure out how to delegate and if i can't or don't immediately know who that person is. And this is trial and error. I've done this wrong (laughs) a few times. But if I know somebody who think this would be perfect, right? Like the organizer or Mm -hmm. the VA or task, then I can call them up and say, I need this done for this particular project. That's easy enough. Um, So I think a lot of mind mapping and just being really honest, because for the first little bit, you know, you were saying, how do you get away to the mountains? Well, that's how is I've become addicted to the lifestyle about creating this idea of being able to go to the mountains. And I can't do that by myself. And for the longest time I did for whatever reason. And now it's way more fun to do it with other people who are not the smartest. Like my VA, she blows my mind, but she does work the same way I do. I know she's working twice as hard than she tells me she is. And so I've learned to ask a lot more questions. I've learned to hand over things step by step by step after they've shown me what they can do. And but again, I think going back to the mind map so I know exactly what I need to and asking better questions. Nice. Asking better questions is always helpful. That's like the biggest, I mean, that's what I do with my clients. Like, how can I ask mm-hmm. better questions to get them to have the answer that they need to move forward? So what? let's talk about what projects you're working on right now. You got a whole bunch of things going on. You got a book coming. Tell us a little bit about the book. Well, I'm excited about the book. So it's going to be a two-parter. So number one is it's going to be my story going through because I think those key moments um, impacted my life. And they're talking about easy subjects and not so easy subjects, but I kind of want to come, you know, put my whole life together. And then for a bit of fun, I'm going to be talking about the relationships of my life. So this includes romantic relationships and business relationships and what I've learned Um, sort of as a cautionary tale in some places, but also as a little bit of fun, because I think we need to lighten up when it comes to networking and being involved and, you know, being honest with ourselves. And so I want to share some of those uh, stories. So there'll be takeaways, but also um, I want to come across similar to the go-giver, right? Have some fun, learn some things, and hopefully apply them to your lives. I I like it. Give us one story. Give us a funny story. Make us laugh. (laughs) You're on the spot. I know. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, I'm thinking about. You got it. Okay. So this goes back to when I'm in university and uh, I'm just getting to know people. And somebody suggests that I go out with this gentleman. 
I don't really want to go out with this gentleman. I have a bad feeling about going out with this gentleman. Not a bad, bad feeling, but just this, this is going to be awkward. And I know it's going to be awkward. Well, we can fast forward. And that's exactly what happened. It was just as awkward as I thought it was going to be. It was just as bad. It was really difficult to get rid of him. And I remember thinking to myself, next time that happens, I'm going to pay attention. And I detail this story in the book because we've all been there where we got into some place and then we're regretting it and we're shaking our heads and you're like, I can't make this stuff up. So stuff like that, where we can all relate and smile and go, yep, not doing that again. <laughs> the, so what, tell us the takeaway you're, you're creating this open loop. How do you stop it from happening? You listen to when your gut says, this is a really dumb idea. Like, don't do it. And that's like the whole premise behind my podcast is I really call people out on listening to that. I don't necessarily know that I was raised to listen to that. But if I look back on the really dumb decisions, whether they were personal or in business, there was some sort of a, I would call it a niggle, but this sense that I need to do something different. Maybe I don't have all the details, you name it. And also with the really good things that happened, there was this, even if I didn't have all the details and I knew that maybe there'd be some risk involved, but there was that overwhelming sense that this will turn out right. I might have to really double down on work, but this will really work out well. And so that's a really big message I drive home, whether you're in business or personal, trust, your, like, trust yourself, trust your gut. It, it, it won't lead you wrong. Can I ask you questions about that? You may. <laughs> okay. So the, I don't disagree with you. The biggest challenge that I have, and I have, I have a lot of friends in the energy, like all of that, right. The, in the energy space. But the biggest question that I have is I can, I can definitely point to some areas, exactly what you're saying, but I can also point to areas where it didn't feel quite like it felt like it was going to not be right, or it was going to be hard, or it was outside of my comfort zone, very like same feeling. And I knew that I just had to go for it and do it anyway. And it turned out phenomenal. So my question is like, I'm, I don't disagree. I think you should listen to your gut, but there are also like, how do you know the difference between like the, the poke and the, like, this is just a little uncomfortable and you need to do it anyway. For sure. And I would say for me, it's a feeling of relief. So even if I know it's going to be hard and, and I go back to, I'm a farm kid, so it wasn't fun working all the time. There was a lot of work and you'd plant and you weren't sure you were going to harvest or not, but you did the right thing. So you just did it. And then you did your best and you moved through it. So I think for me, it's about a feeling of relief, especially when I get started. So if I'm not hundred percent sure I move forward with something I'm not necessarily using, you know, does it feel like sunshine, lollipops and roses? No, most good things don't feel like that, especially in the beginning. They're, they're the harder things to do. The right thing usually is much harder than the other things, but it's a sense of relief that this is the right plan, the right purpose. I'm also really good at asking more questions. So even though I lean heavily into my intuition, I'm also fairly logical. And I think that's because I spent so much time around men when I was building my business in the beginning. So that logical side overrules <laughs> the gut. Okay. So the gut says yes, and I need more details. So oftentimes it's yes. And, and that will usually continue to make that feeling of, okay, this is going to be tough but it feels like this is the right step or I can see how this will work together or it's a yes. And now I'm not so sure based on the information. So as you move forward and you get more information, do you need to make a different decision? 
Got it. Okay. I think that's good. This has been a fun conversation. <laughs> oh, good. I've enjoyed myself. <laughs> awesome. The, um, I mean, there's so many, so many pieces, but the networking really is huge. And you are, I mean, I know so many entrepreneurs who got started, like they've started in the last couple of years and they say, you know, I'm just going to do this online thing, or I just want to build a funnel. Or I just want to run ads, public speaking, networking. I mean, I teach public speaking. I think it's the fastest way you can grow your business. If you can speak intelligently about what you do, if you get in front of people, if you actually do a network, go to a networking event, the chances that you come out with a client are way higher. Um, and I think we've we've shared a lot of really good tips and tricks. What do you, the last question I think I'll ask is, what is the biggest mistake, not just in networking, but in entrepreneurship? You've been in entrepreneurship for, from, we both had to double check our math, but we're at 14 years, I think, yep. right? 14 years? Okay. Yeah. You've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. I've been in for eight. I had my own business in college as well. So we'll, we'll give me 10. But I want to know what your, what is the biggest either mistake or wrong path that if you could tell entrepreneurs, hold up a, a you know, road sign and say, don't do that. What would you, what would you tell people? What do you think people waste their energy on maybe? Well, I think one, they, they don't think it's going to be as hard as it's going to be. And so, you know, I, I respect the whole build a funnel and stuff. I mean, I do that too, but I think at the end of the day, business is people to people, right? So it's about communication. It's about connecting. It's about showing up with a lot more integrity than maybe you plan to. Um, you know, it's hard to put on all the pilot unless you have a network, right? And, and those things take time to build. Um, I think back to, you know, I really don't like it when I run into entrepreneurs and they're just, they just see dollar signs. And I'm like, but there are people on the end of those dollar signs. And I think when you remember that, even if you are just building a funnel, you'll build a funnel differently. So remembering that, and then also that it is going to be hard work. And so as you're making this decision, right, even if you feel in your gut, it's a good, good idea, um, be prepared to do the work and really get attached to the activities that it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. And I mean, there's YouTube, there are so many free opportunities for people to learn about that. But if I think about how long it's really taken to be successful, it always took me longer than I thought it was, even if it went quickly and nothing happens overnight. So for goodness gracious, do not get discouraged um, because those of us who've been around for a while, I'll tell you, oh, that's part of learning. Mistakes are inevitable. Um, and I think that understanding has stood me in really good stead over the last 14 years as I didn't expect to be an overnight success. I just committed to the work, put my nose down, my tail up. And I knew that eventually I'd wake up and go, oh, that's cool. Also define success on your own terms, because I know success for me when I was 24 looks very different now. And so that I think matters too. And if you built it one way in the beginning, but now you're sort of growing into it, let that be. Those are all, all great words of wisdom. The, the overnight success part, like I can't stress that one enough. The, mm -hmm. the people that come in and they're like, everybody I think says like, oh, this game's going to be easy. Like I can't wait to work for myself. And then they wake up six months later and they're like, why, why, where's it like hundred thousand dollars or half a million or whatever the, the target is. Right. I set this big, hairy, audacious goal because they told me I should, and now I'm miserable and like, I'm not there. And it is a long game. And I, 
the piece that you said that I want to make sure gets called out is like, if you love the activity of what you are doing. So if you love networking, if you learn to love networking and connecting people, it won't seem like work. You won't get out of bed. You won't be miserable doing it. And you'll actually continue doing the thing and you'll get the flywheel going. And once that's rolling, then you will start to make money. But it even once you start to make money, it works like a snowball and it starts off really, really small, like the size of a pea. And then it'll roll a little bit and it'll get a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. The My favorite story with that is like the bamboo shoot, right? If you've never heard the bamboo shoot, it sits for months, like 24 months, four years. years. I'm getting four years. I'm going to trust Candace on this one because I think she she did her research. Four years underground growing and then it grows like 20 feet in 16 days or something. Like so that's if you think about that that's the same thing anyone that you've seen have success in this game i don't care who they are there's no such thing as an overnight success they put in work they learned what they were doing they built a network they took action and they kept doing it until they got to where they are or they just ran off to the mountains and yeah, had a good- not too <laughs> yeah yeah awesome candace we have talked about your book We've talked about your podcast, Create the Ripple. And if people want to learn more about you, they should go to your website, which is Candace Smiley, linked in the description down below. Is there anything else people should know about you? I'm excited to connect with them, though. I mean, I think that's my favorite. It's been one of the biggest surprising things about doing the podcast. I mean, I did it because I had stuff I wanted to share, but now I'm just having a good time meeting people. (laughs) It's, It's a blast. So, yeah, reach out. I'm open to conversation. Awesome. Well, Candace, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and coming on. This has been a super fun conversation. Thank you. No problem. To everybody else, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.